Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host, Johnny G. Today, I'm welcoming Poot Blackson to the show. He is an inspirational speaker and a transformational teacher. He's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, which is a select group of about 100 of the world's foremost authorities in personal development. He's a winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, and he has a really simple mission to bring to the world to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. And if you listen to this show, you know that that is right in line with what we talk about here. So welcome to the show, Coot. I'm so happy to, to, to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we made it happen. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I um, when we were first going back and forth about uh, a topic for this show, I know that surrender and letting go is really a it's a passionate subject for you uh, you have a book out on this and and for me i don't think there's any more important topic for me and my spiritual growth uh, from finding the freedom of sur- of surrendering and um let's say releasing my ego attachments to all these things that i felt i wanted and needed and that made life worth living and stepping into a more free space to um, ride the wave of the universe. And so I'm really excited to bring your perspective on this to the listeners. And I'm curious about how you'd like to frame this today. What are your thoughts on that? In terms of surrender? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, look, I think that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do as human beings. I think that surrender is the superpower is the password for freedom surrender is the key to the next level Surrender yeah. is the key to greatness Surrender is the key to all of the great ones you look at jesus buddha gandhi mother Teresa, mandela uh, martin luther king you know you look at elon musk you look at oprah you look at bruce lee muhammad ali bob marley david barry uh, they all surrendered and That's it was right. because and it was because they surrendered that they were able to transcend their own ego's limitation their own ego's conditioning and tap into the power of the universe and it was when they surrendered in that openness to the to life to the universe to the divine whatever label you want to put on it then life was able to use them and create through them and manifest through them in a way that was beyond what they could expect beyond their wildest imaginations. And so I think in our culture today, there is this misconception around surrender, uh, this myth around surrender that I'd love to really kind of bust for a moment. This this idea that, you know, surrender is weak, surrender is passive, that if you surrender, 
you're, you're going to be a doormat. You're going to be a victim. You're going to be left behind. That if you surrender, surrender means waving the white flag. You know, it means just sitting there doing nothing. It, it, it means like retiring to the Himalayas. It, that surrender, that you won't manifest your goals, dreams, dreams and desires, and that you're going to get less in life. I'm actually yes. saying, if you surrender, what if you didn't get less, but you got more, more, yes. more, than, more than you could even have planned That's for right. yourself with the, from the level of your ego. And so to surrender is, to me, the key to real manifestation, you know, and surrender means letting go of control, or at least the illusion of control that we thought we had, because if you look at the last two years, we thought we were in control, but I think- What have we been controlling? Exactly. The universe has been yeah. flipping us upside down, saying, you guys thought you were in control. Let me just give you a reality check. And so it's the lack of the, the illusion of control. And I think control is the master addiction. And, the e and, and so the ego, our perceived sense of self, one of the ways it reinforces its existence is control and being the one that is doing everything. But that's an illusion. And so it's the lack of trying to force life to fit into our limited force or manipulate life i should say to try to fit into our limited idea of how we think it should be yes to let go of the idea of who we think we should be and, and the life we think we should be living so that we can open to the life the authentic life that is seeking to express through us and i think what life can do through us what this innate intelligence of life can do through us is more than we can do on our own and so yes. surrender is is the password and the book is called the magic of surrender you know magic being that which is beyond our limitation that which yeah. is beyond what we can imagine and so we all want magic but we don't want to surrender but it's the formula <laughs> <laughs> i want more magic but i want to hold on to my old relationship yes. i want more magic but i want to stay in this job that i've been in for 20 years that i know is not my soul's purpose yes. doesn't work that way when we surrender you let see the next level of our life requires the next level of us and the next level of us requires that we let go of what's no longer aligned what's no longer working and that makes space holding on to what's no longer working or aligned out of safety out of fear out of comfort simply blocks our blessing and so yes. when we surrender and let go we create the space for newness the straight space for new possibility and we take the limits off of life and so that's kind of a framework Listen, I could not have I could not have said it any better. I feel like you've been digging around in my diary and like <laughs> listen, you and I we are exactly on the same wavelength about this. Now, you you said something that really caught my attention. You said that control is did you say it's like the root addiction? Is that what control you said? Control is the is the master addiction. Yes, I love that. So listen, I'm in recovery. My listeners know, you know, I've dealt with a with a slew of compulsions over the course of my life that have brought me down to my knees. And I got to tell you, it was never about the behavior. It yes, was never yes. about the substance. It was about feeling like I wasn't out in chaos. It was about feeling that the people around me couldn't make their own decisions to reject me. I wanted to control all the variables around me so that I wouldn't have the rug pulled out from under me, whether that was through spending money, whether that was through sex and dating, whether that was through drinking or compulsive eating, all of these things that really grabbed me by the neck and shook me. Um, it was always about me wanting to ensure my stability. And, and, and it, 
it, it does come down to control. It really does. I love that. When you are thinking about, um, when you talk about surrendering, in your mind, in your yes. particular point of view, what are you talking about surrendering to? To life, really, to, 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 to existence, to this intelligence that is life itself. This intelligence, life, been around for billions and billions and billions. Look, for instance, let, let's, let's just bring it now to a not so even spiritual level. We all have a body. As human beings, it's unarguable. We have a physical body. We aren't the body. You know, what we are is so much more, but we all have a body. Right now, even as you and I are sitting here, we've been listening, folks have been listening, we're having a conversation. Breath is happening. Breath is happening. Breath is happening. It's just been, in spite of us, it's happening. We're not sitting here going, breathe, 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 breathe. It's just unfolding. You know, maybe at breakfast this morning or dinner, depending on when people are listening to this conversation, maybe you ate a piece of salmon. Maybe you're vegan and you ate a tofu burger. But how is it that you eat this tofu burger and your hand doesn't turn into tofu? Like, like there is an intelligence inside of this body. If we really just connect to our own nature and the intelligence that, inside, that is inside of us, there are trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of cells interconnected, synchronizing, yes. just for us to be able to move our hand, just for us to be able to say a word, just for us to be able to see colors and process, you know, millions of bits of information. What we are is truly miraculous, you know, yeah. but somehow we forget that. And so it, it's, it's just surrendering to our nature, surrendering to the truth of what we are, surrendering to that we are not just this body, that we are an expression of the infinite, an expression of the divine, surrendering to this innate intelligence that is inside of us, the same intelligence that is functioning you, functioning me, functioning 8 billion people, functioning all levels of existence, or, you know, the oceans, the fish, the, the animals, the cockroaches, the, I mean, the, the sun, the star, the, the same intelligence that's functioning all of life is the source of life. And so it's surrendering to that, but as human beings, somehow we've become disconnected from our own nature. We become disconnected from what it is that we are and we become disconnected from nature. So I just tell people, take some time out of your day and really like meditate on your body, observe your body, observe and be in relationship with what is living you, what is breathing, you, what is functioning you. Because if you really just sit with that and meditate on that at the moment, it's it's freaking amazing it's it's mind-blowing like oh my god like this this physical mechanism and what is breathing us and looking out of these are it, it's it's incredible and so we've so become disconnected from from what we are and also nature if you just take some time to observe nature the trees and the sun and and the laws of nature it's it's just, there's a harmony there I, I don't know about you but i've never woken up let's say midday and it's been pitch black outside. I mean, unless you live in Scandinavia, but it's been pitch black, <laughs> pitch black outside. Every day the sun rises and every day the moon sets. So yeah. I think all of existence and all of life, it gives us living proof every day in its trustability. Yes. You know, but we become so disconnected that somehow we think that we're not a part of this nature. We think that we're this we're separate from nature. We are a part of this flow and a part of the nature. And so the surrender is to what we are, the sur surrender is to the flow of life, the surrender is to life, that we are an expression, a manifestation of life, you know. But but we but but the challenge is we have gotten so conditioned from childhood. 
We yes. can go into that as well. But we've gotten so conditioned from childhood to be a certain way, to be a certain person, to avoid pain and become this person we think we need to be in order to get love, validation, and approval, which is so we develop all sorts of survival defense mechanisms to avoid pain of, you know, dad was crazy, mom wasn't around, you know, pet, there was abuse, there was trauma. So we erected all sorts of defense mechanisms to not feel the pain and function and survive and coping mechanisms to not feel, to protect ourselves, that we started to shut down our true light, shut down yes. our ability to trust life in a certain sense. So it wasn't safe. And so we started losing this trustability. But then we also started learning a way of being to go out into the world. Like, who do I need to be in order to get love and validation? Yes, and, you know, right. boys don't act that way. Girls don't act that way. And so we started to develop all sorts of roles and masks and identities and personas that we thought that, that we started to hold tightly onto. And we think that that's who we are. Yeah. We just got conditioned to believe this is who I am. But really, it's not who we are. It's just what we were conditioned to be in yes. order to function and survive and fit in and get our needs met. And, and so the more tightly we started holding into this way of being, then that got reinforced by family and friends and parents and society and school and those around us, et cetera, et cetera. We start really believing that we are this thing, this mechanism, this set of patterns of conditioning that we call me. And we say, no, this is just who I am. I'm just yeah. this way. The question is, is who we are, who we really are, or is it just who we've been conditioned to be? And so the degree to which we become identified with this persona, this idea of who we are, is the degree to which we're not free. Yes. And, and, and the degree to which we're identified with our ego, the, the structure, is the degree to which sometimes surrendering can feel a bit scary. You yes. can feel, like, oh shit, if I surrender, it feels, if I surrender and I let go uh, of this identity and this idea and this way I've been doing things, way I've been keeping myself safe, then what will I be? So it can feel like a death to the ego, which is why sometimes we tend to resist surrender. But what I want to just say, just so people can hear it, which might sound strange, because surrender can seem scary and difficult. Yes. I just want to frame for people, what if you just took on that surrender was easy people might be, be thinking like what do you mean no, no it's just for a moment we, we we we're telling ourselves surrender's hard and, and 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 it seems hard but i'm actually saying what if surrender was easy what if surrender was actually the natural way of things the most natural yes. but because of our conditioning right to function survive avoid pain get love validation approval we become, we become this thing it's like for those listening i'm making a fist and I'm holding a pen. And so throughout childhood conditioning, we hold so tightly into this way of being and we, we become this shape of person, you know, Koo, Johnny, Susie, and now I'm so, holding so tightly and it takes so much energy to hold out, to control and hold ourselves in a certain shape and a way of being. But because we've been holding so tightly to ourselves as this structure, we think that this is natural but it's a really not, it starts feeling normal and natural, but that takes so much energy. Yes. But how easy is it to really just let go? And natural. that's where it's just surrender is the natural way of things. We've just been conditioned out of it because surrender is hardwired into our physiology. You breathe in, you breathe out. You know, this is like the universe reminding us surrender is 
life. So when yeah. there is the way, every breath, you know. So that, that's a couple of things I would say. Yeah. Listen, I mean, and I see it from a very similar perspective as you. Maybe, maybe I just turn the diamond one facet. You know, it's it's it's. I think about intuition, the same intuition that puppies are born with and that children have access to easily. And that over time we learn, yeah, I know it would be fun to go play right now, but right now you have to sit still. And I know it would be fun to eat this right now, but right now you have to eat that. And we learn as kids that, um, this guidance that comes from inside, right? That guidance, which is really not telling us to go eat candy for candy's sake. It's saying, oh, that has a lot of calories. Eat that. It's good for you. It's going to, it's going to keep you alive, right? That's why we like eating chocolate and candy because it's full of calories. So th this message, this guidance comes from a very whole place, a, a, a place of love. And, and the more we ask that guidance to be quiet, shh, be quiet. Listen, I have to do this instead. The more that that guidance will lovingly back away and say, okay, as you wish, as you wish. And uh, that doesn't mean that it ever disappears. It's there, but you just have to quiet, quiet, quiet yourself down and ask for it to come back. Ask for it to come back. Where is my intuition? Where is my guidance that comes from a place of love rather than a place of fear? Where can I find my undistorted guidance, right? And once I have access to that, you're right. It's easy to leave the job that makes me feel bad every day. It's easy to step away from a relationship I've been in forever that no longer fits, but that I'm in because I'm scared to be alone. It's easy for me to do these big life changes that give me serenity, that give me joy, that give me satisfaction, that let me step into the flow. But I have to be willing to listen to, the, to, to that voice, that, that undistorted voice of guidance. And uh, for me, that's, that's what I mean when I tell clients the answer is in the stillness. Yes. The answer to everything is in the stillness. There's a part of us at the deepest level that knows everything because yes. at the deepest level, we are we are everything. You know, sometimes the guidance doesn't arise with a loud bell. Sometimes that guidance is a very subtle sensation, is a very subtle feeling, is a very gentle nudging that we can almost miss if we're not still. We yes. can almost miss if we're not paying attention. And I think part of surrender is the willingness to allow ourselves to not know is to allow ourselves to follow that guidance and give up the need to make sense of it and know what everything means. One of the ways I think we live in that guidance is we're constantly trying to figure out what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And not realizing that the mechanism with which we use often to interpret what something means, the mind, the ego, the identity is in and of itself limited. So we'll often misinterpret the guidance. And so, it's often very subtle. It yes. often may not make sense in a moment. And I think the more we can feel that 
gentle nudging because sometimes the nudging is so gentle like just sit the gentle nudging and just okay, something just moving me it's, it's like a river that's moving gently something's moving me towards the left so just go there go there. you don't have to know what it means in the moment and you don't even have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be just go in that direction life has an intelligence and life will often reveal itself to you in the process of living and so the other thing I would just say to piggyback your point, I think one of the things that that stops us from tapping into that guidance, one of the things that stops us from being free, or disconnecting from that intuition too, are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. As human, be as human beings. I don't know if I'm ready for this real talk. <laughs> right, we're, we're getting real, right? As, <laughs> human, as human beings, I think in so many ways, we are constantly whether we're conscious or not, some of it's unconscious, really, to, to be fair, some of it's unconscious, survival uh, mechanisms. But we're constantly lying to ourselves about who we are, about what we feel. We stay in relationships that we know aren't right, that we know aren't aligned, that we know aren't, we're no longer in love. We work jobs just out of safety, out of security, that we know this is not really the purpose for why we were born. And so in so many ways, we constantly betray ourselves, lie to ourselves about who we are, what we feel, what we want. This keeps us stuck. To me, happiness is simple. Not always easy, but simple starts with telling the truth. Acknowledge the truth, tell the truth, feel the truth, speak the truth, live the truth, end of story, happy life. But if it was that, if it was that easy, then we would all be doing it. But because of our conditioning, you know, we get conditioned and we start creating all sorts of complications. But the truth and the willingness to tell ourselves the truth, the real truth about who we are, about what we feel, about what we want, about what we what we know inside. That is the beginning of true, authentic transformation. I think truth telling is real spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. We can pray all we want, meditate all we want, visualize all we want, do mantras all we want. But if we're bullshitting ourselves, it doesn't mean it won't work. It doesn't mean anything. Truth is real yoga. Truth is real prayer. And so if we're willing to start with the truth. Now, one, sometimes we're afraid of telling the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. Like, oh, what will happen if I acknowledge I'm no longer in love? What will happen if I acknowledge this isn't right? Because of that fear, we convince ourselves otherwise. And so I tell people, be willing just to take the pressure off of yourself from having to take action. Just the willingness to tell the truth. I'm not in love with this person anymore. I hate my job and just sit with it. You don't have to leave, you don't have to divorce, but I hate my job and just be with it. That begins a process inside yes. of marination. Like, wow, I hate my job. Let, let me not de deny that. Let me just feel that for a moment. Let me let that yeah. sit in my body and feel the fear, feel the pain, feel the, feel it all. So what lies am I telling myself? Number two, kind of to your point, what am I pretending to not know? Because deep down, we know, we know. Yes. Like for instance, maybe someone listening in, you've been in a relationship and you were going back and forth. Should I stay? Should I go? Is it the one? Is she the one? Is he the one? Oh my God, what should I do? And you, and you speak to your friends about it. Should I leave? Should I stay? And your friends, they, they can see it. But somehow <laughs> it takes you two years, right? To like, finally you make the decision. You break up with the person. You tell your best friend, I knew that was never going to work. You knew. And they asked, when did you know? Probably in the second day, in the first week, in the first, you had a, you had a feeling. And so we often play this game of confusion. That's why I say, what are you pretending to not know? This, this game of, I don't know. 
we often use confusion as a protective smokescreen from truly owning our truth. Yes. And, and it becomes, well, if I'm confused about what my purpose is, then I don't have to take action and take the risk. And I can always live in the future fantasy of future hope yes. without having to put myself on the line and take the risk of maybe failing and it not working That's and true. finding a different way. And so what am I pretending to not know? The last question I think people should sit with as a practice is what are the lies I'm telling myself? What is it costing? And, and really feel the pain. Yes, the cost. What we often try and do in our culture is distract ourselves. You mentioned addiction, distract ourselves from the pain. We sex it away, drink it away, smoke it away, social media away, shop it away, work it away, you know, travel it away. Just fill in the blank, whatever way we, we use to cope as a way to not deal with the pain. That just keeps us stuck. To me, pain is a blessing. It is. Pain is a gift. Pain is a friend. It's feedback. It's giving us feedback as to where we're not in alignment, as to what we're not acknowledging, as to some part of ourselves or feeling that we haven't dealt with, a part of ourselves that needs attention, where we may have betrayed ourselves that we need to course correct. So when we like to, to me, it's actually a sign that we're healthy. So pain isn't the issue. It's not listening and paying attention to the message of the pain. That's right. To me, that's that's really the problem. So we can use pain as the opportunity to course correct. It's your friend. It can be a guidance system. And, mm -hmm. and so when we lie to ourselves, it's not meant to feel good. <laughs> when we lie to ourselves, it's not meant to feel great. Yeah, I lied to myself and I feel amazing. No, I lied to myself or I've been lying to myself and it's painful. It's yes. Painful. And so that to me, that's a sign that we're actually healthy. We have to just heed the, the feedback of that pain. And so... When we lie to ourselves, it will often manifest as emotional pain in some way, depression, heaviness, sadness, emotional pain. It will often manifest as maybe a temporary physical ailment, a backache, a shoulder ache, some physical ailment, our unconscious speaking to us. It might manifest in some form of disease, right? Uh, like an ongoing disease where your body, which has an intelligence connected to your consciousness, is speaking to you saying, hey, pay attention. And so these are some ways that the that we know we're lying to ourselves, even if we don't think we're lying to ourselves because these things manifest that we have to pay attention to it. So I think it's super important. The more we tell the truth, the more we clear the way. And the yes. more we clear the way, the more we become available for the new. The more That's we right. become available for the new. That's right. You know, like I, I know I already referenced the image of a diamond before, but you know, we, we're, we're in this podcast right now called Refractive. And the reason right. that I named it Refractive is that, you know, my my goal in life is to receive the light of the universe, right? To receive light and then to aim it out as, 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 as well as I can. And I recognize that inside of me, there are distortions. There yes. are fissures, right? In my, in my gemstone that cause the light to, to bend, to refract and to not necessarily to be able to aim it as, 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 as effectively as I'd like, because there are aspects of me that distort the light of the universe. And the more healing work I do, like you say, the more truth I uncover and am willing to truly acknowledge and, and receive, the more, tr the, the more truth I receive, the, the less distorted the light is when it flows out of me into the world. And, and, and that's, that's my soul mission, right? My soul mission is to 
is to work through all of the distortions, to heal the many splintered pieces of me until I can receive the light of the universe and shine it out uh, as purely as I can. And uh, so I really, I enjoy so much what you're talking about, the truth, the truth, the truth. This is the way, this is where the healing is. Can I say something about about the, the, your analogy? Because yeah. it's a beautiful analogy, you know. Um, and and I want to add that that the healing doesn't have to mean that we're going to be perfect human beings, you know. And this is something I see in personal development, like like this this drive for perfection, like you know, okay, I'm not enough. I heal myself, and then sometimes we get caught up in this need to be perfect right and, and yeah. so i always tell people there's no perfection that's just another addiction yeah it's exactly there's no perfection at the level of the personality there's no perfection at the level of the personality the three-dimensional reality in duality so don't look for perfection at the level of, of the personality your soul is perfect and so i think it's so important that we do the work as you're saying to massage and 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 and, 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 and sort of marinate those distortions, create more space. And even in spite of ourselves, you know, in spite of some of those distortions, we create more space, different relationship with those distortions, knowing I am not the distortion. I can work on myself, I can work on myself, I can heal, I can create more spaciousness and heal some of these distortions and, 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 and allow light, the light of the divine to shine through me it, it, imagine this this um, image of like a you know the stained glass windows in a church like, oh yeah like, like like with these refractive sort of you know and, mm. and so as light shines through sometimes even our distortions and the way we see life a little weird a little strange in our foibles sometimes as as we open as we surrender ourselves to life and being used by life and this is, has always been my prayer when i speak and do that like universe just use me despite myself use me when we truly surrender ourselves then i found that light of the divine the universe can shine through us even through some of those distortions and create projections that yes not perfect but are beautiful and sometimes people need to hear They're necessary the message in the way that your particular distortion projects that yeah. divine light that's you know, right. and, and, and so even if we've screwed up and we've messed up, we've done this and we've been addicted, it's like when you understand, oh, I, I needed to go through that because that does create a certain curve in my personality that light then shines through because yes. your curve that sh as light shines through you, Johnny, it, it reaches people that need to hear it in the way that light shines through your unique shape right mm -hmm. and, and and people need to hear it through the way light shines through my unique shape and so i think when our relationship with to me the issue because you mentioned it exactly then, then then working on yourself can become an addiction that never ends it's a never-ending addiction and so to me the, in the ego wants to seek and seek and seek and seek and, seek and, seek and never find and one of the we're going to go deep here for a second one of the sneakiest places that the ego hides is in spirituality yes in spiritual seeking Heck because yeah. you know it's like sure. i'm just seeking for myself i'm seeking to be like the dalai lama and be perfect because they were perfect not that they were on a personality level but that's the never-ending trap of seeking and so when we can realize that the issue 
It's not the issue. The issue is really our relationship. The issue isn't the issue. The issue is how we relate with ourselves as we deal with it, you know? Yes. And so and I'm going on a tangent because you say it was okay to go on a yes, tangent, but, 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 but I see so many people beating themselves up and abusing themselves in the name of improving themselves. Yes. Jesus flipped the table like a real housewife yeah. of Jersey. So come on now. Beating themselves up in an effort to be better, in an effort to be their best. Uh, but I always say beating yourselves up or abusing yourself to be better actually backfires and has the opposite effect. Yeah. Real healing, real healing is not in taking the whip and beating yourself up to be better. Real healing is the application of compassion and loving to those parts of yourself that you judge as messed up, mm -hmm. as screwed up, as distorted, as not okay, that you're ashamed to show anyone, that, 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 that you deem as unlovable. Real healing is the willingness to apply love to those parts. And somewhat one might say, how do I apply love to this freaking part of me, man? This part has caused so much trouble, it's sabotage, it's, it's, it's wreaked havoc in my relationships. When we realize that even that part of us was seeking something. It was yes. seeking to try to get us something positive. Just the way we went about it from our condition, hurt place wasn't healthy. We agree with that. It wasn't maybe a whole, but the motivation for those parts for what it was seeking was something positive. And I think when we can realize that underlying those behaviors is a positive intention, then we can change our relationship with those parts of ourselves rather than judging and say, oh, okay, like a child, like, oh, I understand, like a five-year-old, like a two-year-old, like, like a three-year-old. If a two-year-old peed on the floor or messed up, we wouldn't throw it out the window, take a baseball bat and bash this one-year-old for being, you know, no. throwing chocolate all over. We would, we would hold it. We would say, hey, come here. We would talk to it. We would have a level of compassion. So I think the That's more right. we can bring the level of compassion to those parts of ourselves that are hurting, those parts of ourselves that act out, those parts of ourselves that are in pain. Healing is the willingness and the courage to apply love to those parts of ourselves that are hurting. And that's where healing happens. So it's not the issue that's the issue, it's how we relate to the issue that's the issue and how we treat ourselves in the process that's more the issue than the issue. Yes, because that baby that just peed on the floor isn't beating itself up either. It's like, yeah. oops, oh well pee on yeah. the floor. Do you know what I mean? Like we're the yeah, ones yeah. who are like, how awful to pee on the floor. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's about, it, it's not the issue. You're right. The issue isn't the issue. The issue is how we see the issue and how we see ourselves in relation to it. A relationship with ourselves, a relationship with the issue. Cause then we realize, wow, I'm not that distortion. I so often we get conditioned and we think we're that distortion. We think with that addiction. We think with that behavior. We think with that way of being. We think with that identity. But we start taking a step back and realize, oh, I'm not that. And so I think if we're able to step back and observe the pattern, observe that pattern, observe that pattern, then there's a little space between what's observing and the pattern. Mm -hmm. And then we can realize, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not that feeling. I'm not that pattern. I'm not that addiction. And then there's a little space. You know? yeah. yeah. So we've had a really rich conversation and we're kind of moving towards the end, but I feel like we have to talk about this for at least a second. Okay, cool. You know, what then, I get a lot of pushback okay. when I talk to people about surrendering. 
Um, you referenced it at the very beginning of our episode about, well, I can't just be passive. I can't just not do anything. I can't, I can't do this. And so I, I wonder what your response is to people who say, I can't surrender. My kids are depending on me. I'm taking care of my elderly parents. I have responsibilities. No one's going to be there to wipe my behind when I'm old uh, and by myself. I need to take care of myself now. I need to ensure my security. Like I can't just leave myself to float out in the ocean of life. I have responsibilities. God gave me abilities to do things so that I can take care of myself. And this is what I have to do. How do you respond to that? I think we have to reference kind of what I said earlier, but I want to add to that now. Surrender is not, it doesn't mean sitting around doing nothing and being passive. And it's not an abdication of responsibility. To be clear, surrender is feeling the deepest impulse of what's true, the most authentic truth, the deepest impulse. See, the old paradigm always asks, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And you might get what you thought you wanted, only to realize that what you thought you wanted is not what you really wanted. So you mm-hmm. push and push and push and you realize, shit, this isn't what I wanted, which is what mm-hmm. I thought I wanted based on who I thought I was. You know, yeah. many times what we're pushing for and our goals and the life we're living, sometimes it's just a a projection of unmet needs from childhood. And if you ask people, is what you're living really what's authentic to you? If they're really honest, they might say, well, no. And so to me, when you live surrender, it's about feeling. What is it that life wants to express through me? And feeling your deepest truth, deepest impulse, not your ego, the deepest, most authentic truth, the deepest, most authentic calling, the deepest, most authentic responsibility. And sometimes, and then aligning your actions, and aligning your action strategy, resources, et cetera, et cetera, with what's most authentic and true. And sometimes that might mean realizing, you know what? What's really true is to write that book that I've been putting off for 20 years because I've been freaking afraid, thinking no one's going to read it, no one's going to buy it. Who am I? I'm not good enough. And surrender might mean saying, you know what? I need to surrender to the fact that this is in my heart and taking the responsibility to sit your ass down and write the damn book. That's what, so it's not an abdication of responsibility. Like, like sometimes people use it, like, I'm just gonna go with the flow and do whatever. And I'm just gonna sit there and surrender. That's not surrender. That's just called laziness. That's just <laughs> called laziness. So don't confuse surrender with being freaking lazy. And so what surrender means is yes, you feel the deepest authentic alignment doesn't mean, surrender doesn't mean you go to the Himalayas and wear a robe and abandon your family. No, that's not what surrender means. You have a family, you have a responsibility, you love them, commit to them. And so surrender means you feel that deepest truth. Doesn't mean you don't not have goals. Like, I'm just going to flow and not have, you can have goals to the best of your ability, right? Because often our goals are based on the current level of our consciousness. But we're not able to see the entire picture of life yes. because in the current level of a con- what's, what's a goal when you were five is not a goal when you're 15. And, yeah. what's, and what's a goal when you're 15 is not a goal when you're 30. And so your goals evolve, right? And so have a goal. But here's the challenge. Most people, this is where surrender gets confusing. People set a goal and then they get attached to the goal. That's right. And I'm saying, have the goal. Then move into action. Give 100%. Give everything you've got. But don't be attached to the outcome. Because sometimes the goal 
is not really the goal. That's right. Sometimes the goal is the evolutionary puzzle piece that you need to pursue so that you can go on the journey to learn the lessons, to grow, to evolve, to evolve your consciousness so that you can become more ready for the next step, more ready for your purpose. And sometimes what you think, when we get so attached to the goal being the goal, then if it's not right, that's when we try to make things be something that they're not. Like, no, 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 no. This person has to be the one. They're going to be, I'm going to fucking make, <laughs> make this person the one. You're the one. Okay. And, and, and so making, forcing something or someone to be something doesn't make it so. Yes. Right. And so it's giving everything, doing your part. And what I found is when you, when you're going in an authentic direction, right. And then you give 100%. When you know that you've given 100%, it's a hell of a lot easier to surrender. Like anytime I've broken up in relationship, I remember like a couple of years ago, met a woman, thought I was going to marry her. I gave 100%. Like, okay, I gave 100% to this relationship. When it didn't work, I was able to move through it quite quickly, considering the depth of what I felt, primarily because one of the reasons was because I left no stone inside of myself unturned. Mm -hmm. I gave... Like there was nothing else I could have done and given. When we don't show up and give everything, that's when there will always be an element of regret. So surrender becomes easier when you've given everything you've got and you know you can't do anything else. It's like, yes. well, what else is there? I, of course I can surrender because there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. Nothing else I can do. So you give everything and you let go of attachment because when you're not limiting life, then if what you want doesn't work out, then you're free and you're available and open to the course correction from the universe to move in a different direction. And if we look at so many things in our lives, how many things didn't go according to plan but worked out better? Exactly. Better than we could have imagined. How many things that we thought we really, 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 really wanted, but only years later we realized, thank God that didn't happen. Thank the unit. Like I, I thought I wanted it, but thank God. So you give everything but you stay open at the same time, open to something better, something more amazing showing up. So a final quality of surrender is curiosity. Okay. The ability to remain curious so that when things don't go according to plan, or when things don't happen, or when it, when it seems like you're not getting what you thought you wanted, rather than collapsing and feeling like a failure and feeling like you're cursed by the universe, you step back and go, okay, this is not working out how I imagined. There must be something more amazing seeking to happen right now, yeah. even though I'm not able to see it. And then you cultivate curiosity. Mm -hmm. The curiosity is what more amazing thing could be seeking to happen right yeah. now. And then you stay open. And so surrender is that openness. Okay, universe, show me what's seeking to happen. That's what right. is? And, and then you allow life to lead you. Mm -hmm. You allow life to show you the flow. So it doesn't mean you don't commit and get married. It might mean you commit and get married and move through your fear because deep beyond your fear, deep down, you feel this is the right person. And so you move through your fear. That can be surrender. Surrender mm -hmm. might mean you acknowledge the calling in your heart to, to serve the world in a certain way, which might mean you have to go out and protest. And you're scared of that because like, shit, what, what will people think of me? And maybe I'll be, you know, uh, rejected and, and people will attack me. But no, I know I, I need to go and stand for this cause. And you go out and protest. And so that's what it means. It means showing up, living your truth in the most authentic way possible, whilst completely trusting the universe and trusting the unfoldment of life. That's right. I love that.
So I can't think of a better way to wrap up the episode. That really is an amazing uh, piece of wisdom to share. And so for the listeners who are intrigued by your message and who want to learn more about you, what you do, what you offer, what your journey has been, how can they find you? Sure. Uh, the first thing I just would love to, to invite people to get the book. You know, the magic yeah, of tell us the book. about it. The Magic of Surrender book uh, came out last year. I'm doing something special because the paperback version is coming out May the 3rd. So depending on when Congratulations. people May the 3rd, 2022 is coming out. And uh, so get the paperback on Amazon. For those that get the paperback, I'm doing something very special. On May the 7th, 2022, I'm doing a, an online virtual event a seminar for two to three hours. We're going to dive deep. It's going to be transformational. It's called Reinvent Life. I'm going to share the seven phases of reinventing yourself, letting go of the past, connecting with your power, and how to share your gifts with the world and have impact. It's going to be, it's going to be special. We're going to have a bunch of folks from all over the world tune in live at that time, right. one time only. So if you buy the book on Amazon, uh, you get to attend for free and receive a bunch of gifts. The website for that is www.coot.com. Blackson.com, my name, K-U-T-E, Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. Kublaxon.com forward slash reinvent seminar. Kublaxon.com forward slash reinvent seminar. So I hope to see folks on May the 7th. And my website, you know, uh, Kublaxon. People can find out more about my events there. I do twice a year. I do a really deep dive transformational seminar in Bali in July and December. So people can go to www.boundlessblissbali.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Send me a message, say hi. Let me know you heard me on the show. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Everyone, I want to just thank you again for tuning in. I, I, I always love when we get to discover together these beautiful speakers that come onto the show. And um, as you go out and meet all of these souls who are just doing the best they can with what they know, uh, try to be kind and aim your light. Take care. You have been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you've enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor. Give it a share on social media, or if you're in the podcast app, give it a rating. If you're on YouTube, click like. It really does make a difference in the search results. I am a speaker, coach, and facilitator based in Washington, D.C., but I work in person and remotely with people who are ready to step with clarity into their most authentic life. If I can be of service, reach out to me, Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at refractivecoaching.com. Have an amazing day. Be good to each other. And always remember, aim your light. <laughs>